Today I want to start uh, a new series, uh, and I titled this, Your Help is on its way. Your help is on its way. Your help is on its way. I just want to make a statement. It's simple, but in my mind, it's very important, very profound. And I think you really need to hear this. It's very important. Let me let you know this. There is no prayer that comes out of your mouth. If it is sincere and it's coming from your heart, it's been heard. You need to settle that because of the nature of the God that we serve. No matter what the situation is, there is no prayer that will come from your mouth, no matter who you are, and regardless of where you are in your walk with God, if that prayer is from your heart, in humility towards God, He's heard you. He's heard you. There is no prayer, if it's a sincere prayer coming from the heart, that God overlooks. You may not see an instant response, but he heard you. He's already heard you. God has a way of filing these things. I I don't know how he does it, but he files it when you speak. As you are speaking, the answer is given, filed. The day of revealing is is right there waiting and it's on his way. Jesus made it very clear to us. He said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. There is no qualification. Everyone who asks, receives. You can turn to Matthew 7, beginning from verse 7. Everyone who asks God, if you are asking God, He's heard you. And you are going to receive. You might not receive at the time that you want to receive, but He knows what's best for you. And He has a purpose for your life. Just settle that. If you are a child of God and you are following God, He knows everything about you and everything about your life was planned before the foundation of the world. So you're not ordinary. You were in his mind from way back then, before the foundations of the earth. So any prayer that comes out of your mouth, that was from eternity. And it's never overlooked. I believe and I pray that God will help me to understand what I'm saying to you. And for you to fully grasp what I'm saying to you. And that's my prayer. Because that's the truth. That's why Jesus can make a statement that says, everyone who asks, receives. And James says, you don't have because you're not asking. So the answer is always on its way. You just have to wait patiently on him. And don't fret. Because your fretting will delay the answer. You don't fret. You got to trust him. Especially when it's really nasty, when it's really bad, that's when to enter into his rest. 
And the way he puts it, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and now give you rest. Turn that problem over to me. Let me handle it. And you, your place is to rest. I'll take care of it. If we can enter into his rest, the Bible says there remains a rest for the people of God. If we can enter into his rest, there is no, the Bible tells us, there is nothing too hard for the Lord. There is nothing. And so we need to believe God. I want to start by saying that God never forgets. God doesn't forget. His capacity to remember every little detail is beyond our understanding. And in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, the Bible tells us we can't really understand, we can't grasp it. It's beyond our understanding. God doesn't forget anything. Not a word that comes out of your mouth. He's never forgotten. In, Isaiah, in Luke chapter 12, verse uh, 6 and 7, God, Jesus speaking, he says, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? Five sparrows sold for two copper coins? Asking us a question. And not one of them is forgotten before God. The sparrows are not forgotten, not one single one of them, forgotten before God. And look at how many sparrows we have in the world. Not a single one is forgotten before God. They are all important to Him. But then He turns and then He starts talking about us. For you to understand your place with God. And how much God cares for you. What great price he paid on the cross to have you because you are so special to him. He tells us in his word, he says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. God knew the number I had when I had my fro. And he knows what's left right now. There were a whole lot then to number in those days. It don't take too much time to number them these days. Hey, please don't laugh at me, especially the guys. Okay. But it says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. If God cares about your hair, and the ladies know more about this than the guys, right? If God cares about that, something that is so insignificant, what about your life? It says this then. Do not fear therefore. Because of what I told you, you don't have to be afraid of anything. You are more of more value than many sparrows. You are of more value than many sparrows. That's your life. He says, because you are of most value than many sparrows, and not one will fall without your father knowing, he knows all of them. He says, you don't have any reason to be afraid of anything. Hello? 
Don't fear. It says, don't fear, do not fear. Therefore, because of what I've told you, you are so special to God. Your situation is so important to Him, even though He's hurting you and you think He's hurting you so bad. And it seems as if God has forgotten you. No, He hasn't forgotten you. And He hasn't forgotten your circumstance. You are too valuable to Him for Him to forget. If he can remember the sparrows, he can remember you, your hair, and your problem. Amen. He can. He's not forgotten you. You are not left in the world alone with the devil. He's always there with you. No matter what you're going through, he hasn't forgotten you. We never forget you. It's impossible for him to forget you because he couldn't even forget a sparrow. That we just sell as if there's nothing. Just two copper coins and that's it. But God says every one of them important to him. But for you, much more. Much more. One principle that you have to understand which when you're going through difficult times, there is a key principle for children of God to understand. Especially if you have become a member of God's family. You just have to settle this. Because if you don't settle this, you'll make a lot of mistakes in life and you are going to fret and will trouble yourself for reasons that don't make sense in the mind of God. You have to settle this. Your life from the foundation of the world was planned by the Father and it's not about you. Hello. I know your problems hurt you. He wasn't planning just because of you. You are a very important part of it. But he has a big, a whole lot bigger purpose than what's happening to you. Even though what's happening to you as a part of his overall purpose. And his overall purpose will not be accomplished apart from what you're dealing with. Amen? So, it's not about just us. It's not about me and my problem. There's a bigger purpose. And the Bible tells us this in Romans chapter 8 verse 28. All things work together for good to those who love God. And I say, you love God because you've come to know God. You cannot love God until you've come to know God. Once you know God, you love Him. All things, no matter what it is, good and bad, terrible, can't explain, they all work together for the good of of those who love God and those who are called according to what? His purpose. His purpose. They work for you because you love God, but in your life, He has His purpose. And those things are part of getting you into His purpose. Good and bad. His saying is, trust me and rest. Just trust me and rest. I'm working out something for your good. You may not understand it right now, but when it's over, you will. And you will be very grateful that you went through that. 
You'll be very grateful. I can tell in my own life some of the things that I went through as a new Christian. I, want, I had one year or two, it just total free. I was in bliss. I mean, I was enjoying my Christian faith. And then it's like the carpet was pulled from under me. Everything came crashing down and I was saying, God, what happened? And I had to deal with issues in my own life that I'm using today to serve God's purpose in other people's lives. And I, they didn't make sense to me when I was going through those things. I mean, I had sleepless nights wondering what's going on, God. How can I ever get out of this? And so today, when I deal with individuals that are going through, I can really understand what they are, what's happening. And, and be able to say, no, don't worry about it. God's going to get you through. If he got me through, he will. And he's doing it. So... He doesn't forget his, his purpose. Let me read the scripture. First Timothy, chapter one, verse nine. Second Timothy, sorry, chapter one, verse nine. It says, "Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling?" How many has a how many of you have a holy calling upon your life? Did you know you have a holy calling upon your life? Your calling is holy before God. He saved you with a holy calling upon your life. Not just to be a pastor. It's not only the pastor that's saved, right? Every one of you has a holy calling upon your life. You never recognize this. Maybe you never thought about it. But you have a holy calling upon your life. He said, well, pastor, I don't feel holy. It's not about you. It's about his purpose. It's the purpose and the calling that's holy. And if you stay with the purpose and his calling, you will be holy. Amen. So we are saved and called. Hello? Saved and called. Once you are saved, you are called. And upon your life is what? A holy calling. Not according to our works. Not according to our works, but according to what? His own purpose. Not according to what you're going through. We like to talk about what we're going through. Pastor, if you understand what I'm going through, you'll be fasting and praying for me, you know, okay? Well, I'm going through something that I need to fast and pray for me as well. (laughs) But you have a holy calling upon your life. Anything that God touches becomes holy. Even the cups and the vessels in the tabernacle were all holy before God. You mess with them, oh, you're asking for real trouble. You can talk to some of the the kings in Babylon that drank wine with the holy vessels. Uh, There was a writing, you are in trouble for doing this. When God sets a person aside, you are holy before him. So you were called to a holy calling, and your calling has his own purpose. Do you think God will mess up his own purpose? Hello? You are his own purpose with everything that you're going through. Amen? 
with everything that it seems like a mess in your life, He's working all of that together for what? His own purpose. Stay with it. Don't get discouraged. Don't quit. Stay with it and watch God work. Watch Him go. How He can transform your life to bring Him glory. Fret and go back and forth. Complain and you will be in the wilderness for 40 years. (laughs) God forbid, right? Stay with it. Don't make sense. Don't understand it. But God said to go, and we're going. Then you really see him in action. So it's according to his purpose. And grace, which was given to what? To us in Christ Jesus. Before what? It's way back there. Before you showed up on the earth. Before you showed up here, it's not about you. God's planned you from the way. You are not just an insignificant thing because your mother and your father met and now, yeah, yeah, I'm a... It's much more than that. He planned you way back there. And you need to carry yourself that way. That's what honors him. That means you have understanding. And then you carry yourself differently because you know the household to which you belong. You carry yourself differently. If you don't know what household to which you belong, you misbehave and carry yourself in a worthless manner that doesn't befit your family. But you belong to the family of royalty, God. There's nothing bigger than that in this whole world. You belong to his family. You belong to the very family of the king of the universe who made everything. And he created you for himself with his purpose in your life. And as I'm saying it again, God will not mess up his purpose. And you better not mess it up. (laughs) He called you to a holy calling. And there is a purpose for your calling. And, and let me let you know this. Your appearance at the Ark Fellowship also was planned from way back then. You see, a lot of people don't have understanding. They say, well, I'm just going to that church. You, you don't have understanding. No. There's a reason why you are here at this time. You could have been born 1901 and you won't be here right now. But there is a reason why you're here at this time. To fulfill his purpose for your life in your generation. And without you, that's not going to be done. Many of us are delaying God's purpose because we don't want to get involved. We are waiting for some fireworks. So, Pastor, I... That's where a lot of people miss it. They want some fireworks, something emotional. They want to tell the story so that everybody will say, Oh, you're, you're so spiritual. And your purpose is special. No, everyone's purpose is special. Different. But every purpose special. Every calling holy before him. My people perish for lack of knowledge. They just don't know. 
God says, my people don't know. The children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of life. They know what they're up to. We just don't know what we got to be able to flow through it. And the more, by the grace of God, the more I understand, the more I lose the fear of anything in life. I don't fear disease, don't fear nothing by the grace of God. And I'm making my confession to you and I'm not bragging. And my whole life is dependent on him. If he fails, I'm gone. But I trust he cannot fail. I don't have anywhere else to go. I've got to trust him. That's the only one to trust. Men will disappoint you. There's only one thing that cannot be moved. And I've got to rest my life on that. And if I die, let me die. I mean, I'm going to say this. It's not bragging. I'm just telling you, this is, that's all I know. I've got to trust him. And if trusting him is a mistake, then let me make that mistake. I can take that risk of making the mistake of trusting God. Because I know upon my life there's a purpose. Amen. There is a purpose. I can already feel it. There is a purpose. Between me and Angela, we can tell there is a purpose. If I go with my reasoning, I'll be in Africa where everyone understands my accent. Please don't laugh at me. In Africa, we think you have a terrible accent as well. But everyone is called to a purpose. Let me share this scripture with you. I like to stay with scriptures because there's nowhere else to go. I like people's opinions. They are great. They are lofty. But God is not going to confirm any man's opinion. He will only confirm his word. So I like to stay with scriptures and believe scriptures. Amen. And I think that as we do this, God's building something in you that is eternal and so powerful, unshakable. A strong foundation for, on, on which he builds his kingdom in your life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 10. He says, I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. Now, when we talk about sons of men, you think God is talking about those that don't serve him? Absolutely not. You remember Jesus said, I am son of man, son of man with an assignment. I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can walk, can walk. He was a man. And he knew he was a man. I am the son of man. He was the real man. The rest of them that are not serving God, they are not real. The real man that is walked, the only true man that was complete, the way God intended it when he created man, was Jesus when he walked on the earth. And the other one was Adam before he sinned. The others, the rest of us, before we came to Christ, that was not God's original plan. But Jesus was the real man. And so every man, son of man, we have a God-given task. 
I'm going to be going back to that on Sunday. We have a God-given task. A purpose of God in your life. And every time you ask God to meet your needs that will help that task, the answer will be on his way. Amen? Never. Because you got a task from God. He wants you to be occupied in that task. And he says this, He has made everything beautiful when in his time. You may not have the answer right away to beautify your life, but the answer is in his way, on his way to your life. And God will make that thing that is a problem to you beautiful in his time as you are walking according to his purpose. All of those things are working together for your good so that in his time your life becomes the light of the world and the salt of the earth. You can imagine Jesus telling somebody, you are the light of the world. And you look up, he says, you think I'm that son? (laughs) The light of the world. But God says with his task, he makes everything beautiful when? In his time. You have a a God-given task that he wants you to be occupied with. That's why you see those who are busy in the church doing things for God, God begins to beautify their lives. Both spiritually and in every way. And nothing is able to stand in his way. If you're doing it according to his purpose for your life. He'll do it. Some things that may come to us may not make sense and totally confuse us. Totally confuse us. You know, my son, is my son here? No. Oh, my daughter? Well, back actually. That's good. I prayed for a great son. When Omar came, I was thinking, oh God, where did this come from? Make me my prayer. My prayer wasn't answered. God, I didn't ask, what is happening here? Because that kid was, I mean, a few days at the worship center where we were at church, we got in the foyer, and this kid was screaming so loud, Angela would do this. Oh my God. With her eyes closed. And I'm thinking... I'm going to kill this kid. <laughs> I'll kill this kid. What's what? And I, God, what's going on? I really spent time praying. Uh, uh, but what's this here? Thank God. God convert, turned him into a bass player. <laughs> Amen. And he's helping me today in God's purpose for my life. Okay. I'm not complaining anymore, okay? God can turn. We don't understand. But he can turn that thing to something beautiful. In our family, Angela and I, when we go, the the sisters, brothers, it's an example of what God can do, how God has turned. And they'll tell Omar when he's complaining, this kid is too wild. He said, well, be quiet, Omar. You can't say anything because... uh, if God can change you, certainly. 
That's the way it is. And I'm proud of what is today is a testimony of what God can do. And it has nothing to do with the, our parenting skill. But God fulfilling his purpose. I don't know why maybe we'll, we'll see everything in the future. But while you occupy yourself in God, your God-given task, God takes care of your children. Read Isaiah 54. He says, your children will be taught by God himself. And great will be the peace of your children. These are scriptures. I still have some time. <laughs> Another thing that he says. Also, apart from everything that we've said. Also, he has put eternity in what? The heart. Except we don't know how God is going about all of these things, he says. No one can find out the works that God does from beginning to end. We don't understand his part. But he has put eternity in your heart. In your heart, you are eternal. Eternity in your heart, what does this mean? He knew you way back from the foundation before you came into being. You're way back from there. And he's deposited that in your heart, that you have always been his, in his mind, from before you came into the world. So there is a purpose. Why am I saying this? No word from your mouth is forgotten. And certainly he hasn't forgotten you. You are too important for that. Too important for that. The thing about God is that God sometimes can choose not to remember. He can choose not to remember. And that's when it's really tough for us. When it seems like God has chosen not to remember. You can read Isaiah 54, beginning from verse 6 down there. God says, when I turned away for a moment, but he will turn back again to you. He said he will receive you with everlasting joy. But there's a time that he seemed to turn away. And sometimes it can be a very long time. And it confuses us. But he's working out his purpose. I read in the scriptures, when God told Abraham, your children are going to be in the land for some time. But when the iniquity of those people is complete, I will drive them up the, from the land and I will take the people and put them in the land. He said that way back in Genesis to Abraham. But then the children of Israel were in Egypt. You know how long? For 400 years. In slavery, not a thing, not a word. It's a massive ghost there. It's forgotten. But let me say this, because I'm going to be closing not too long from now. When then God changes his mind and he suddenly remembers, one day is too long for him. One day will seem to him as if it's a thousand years just went by. When God remembers, just one day is too long for him. 
all kinds of things will begin to happen. For probably over 400 years or so, the children of Israel had no prophet, no prophecy, nothing. Malachi was the end of it. There was nothing. And then when the fullness of time came, remember, it's like God suddenly remember, there were angels everywhere. There were angels everywhere. In one year, we got so many angels, so many prophecies, so many things said. Suddenly an angel appeared to Mary, an angel had appeared to Zachariah. I am Gabriel that you read from, about from the book of Daniel. Remember me? That's the same Gabriel. And Gabriel before Mary, angels in Joseph's dreams, angels everywhere. Prophecies coming, Simeon, Hannah, all of this is coming together all at once, so fast paced because the fullness of time had come. God remembered and he was ready to act. So you can be going through a difficult time, just relax. When God suddenly remembers, when now he chooses to remember that problem, it, it just, it, God got just, he kick it off your life. And as if he's never been there. That's the way it is. Let me read this scripture to you. When God remembered the children of Israel. It says in um, Exodus chapter 6, verse 5 through 7, it says, And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. As if he forgot. But he chose to forget it for some time, right? Otherwise, the word remember doesn't make any sense. I heard the groaning. So your prayer and your crying to God, sometimes is what's going to get him. Okay, yeah, I remember that. We're going to take care of this right now. And then the angels are everywhere. Just like it was with the children of Israel. So God is telling them, I remember my covenant. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. It's not I may, I will do it. I'm going to get you out because I heard your groaning. And I have remembered my covenant and I'm come down to make sure you're taken care of. He said, I will bring you out from the burden of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from, the, from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. I will judge them for even trying to keep you in bondage. I'm going to do it. Just because he has remembered. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. That's a lot of comfort. In other words, in those years, it's as if they were not his people, right? As if he'd forgotten them. Now he's taking them. You'll be my people. I'll be your God. I'll take care of you. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. Let me tell you this. When God is ready to deliver you, sometimes he comes to you as like a dream. All of a sudden, you were on this side, it's so dark. And all of a sudden, in one night... The next day, everything is changed. 
And so you read in Psalm 126, where he tells us there, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, <laughs> when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. When God brought back, when God now finally decides, your prayers are heard, you're, getting, get, you're having your answer, he comes like a dream. We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said, among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Wherein we are glad. God will do it. Amen? It's like a dream. When God does it, when God is ready to finish the work, he comes very quickly. So God hasn't forgotten your prayer. They are stored away for the appointed time. All things are working together for your good because you were called by him for his purpose, not your purpose. I have my purpose and you have your purpose. Mine is not bigger than yours because I have to stand behind the pulpit. No, we all have our different purposes. And you do occupy yourself with his purpose for your life, and let me occupy myself with his purpose for my life. And if all of us occupy ourselves with his purpose for our lives, this place is going to be transformed. And so many lives will be blessed. And the children will have a heritage and protection and peace and teaching from our God. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. We're going to be going in there the next time I'm, I'm able to share with you. I'm going to show you from scriptures some individuals that say it seems, if you look into their lives, it's like God forgot them. There is a particular one that is very striking to me because there's no way you could tell that man was praying. But Jesus found him and did everything to get to this poor man in a very bad situation. And he had been there for so long. Jesus went, took care of his problem, got back, went back to the other region. Every time I read that scripture, it encourages me that Jesus will do anything to get to your situation. So rest and trust God tonight. What is it that you need God to do for you? First thing that you need to do, ask him to give you wisdom and understanding about his purpose for your life so you can handle what where you are right now and not be discouraged because if you are discouraged the bible says be strong and be very courageous you don't want to get discouraged and then you don't want to be afraid of the circumstance because you are trusting him if you are going to be afraid or you are going to fret then there is no need to trust god if you are going to trust god you cannot do both. You can't serve two masters. You either stay with God and refuse to fret and not be afraid. Therefore, don't be afraid. Or you're going to fret and stay away from God and handle the problem yourself in your own way, which is not something you want to do. But we want to give everything to God tonight. Amen? So what is it in your life that you need God to do for you? Does this line with his purpose for your life? Do you even know what God's purpose for your life is? Have you ever asked him that you want to truly know what this is so that you're not wasting your years? 
And once you know it, you give everything to it. Can you do that tonight? God, believe me, I used to think everybody, if God really wants you, he wants you on behind the pulpit. I, in my mind today, I, pray, I wish sometimes I, I'm on the other side with when, where, where I'm with these other individuals. I like to go back to college years. These guys were around me all the time. I have a lot of souls. But this is my assignment today, and I, I thank God for it. But what is God's purpose for your life? Do you know it? Have you ever bothered to ask him? I know you are already in it right now. But you need greater clarity. Can you talk to him tonight to show you so that you can really rest? And can handle the ups and downs because you know he is with you. And that's why he knows there's going to be ups and downs. That's why he wants you to know I'm with you. Don't worry. Lift our hands up tonight, tonight and then begin to talk to him and tell him, God, I really need you to show it to me. And give me the courage and the patience to wait and to wait patiently for you. I know you have a purpose for my life. Please reveal it to me. I know you have me here. There is a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why I'm hearing this word tonight. You have a purpose. I don't want to miss you because that would be terrible for my life. You created me for a purpose. What is that purpose? i got to find it. And let me give myself. Give me the grace to give myself totally to it without complaining. So that your glory might be upon my life. I was created for your glory. And I want you to receive every glory that you can get from my life. That's what I desire. God, would you do that for me, oh God? Father, thank you. For those that you have in your wisdom and your understanding spoken to in your heart. Not what I'm saying, but what you are already speaking to them by your Holy Spirit. Much more than what I'm sharing with your people. And indeed, we have looked into the mirror, the word of the living God. Therefore, give us clarity tonight in Jesus' name. And help us to understand our God-given task so that we can give ourselves whatever that is so that we can enter into your rest and watch you do great and mighty things through the life that you created and dedicated and separated, sanctified for your glory. I pray for everyone, Lord God, that's here tonight and those that are not able to make it. Lord, that somehow by your spirit, you will get to them and do a mighty work in them. Even in their sleep, in their dreams, as it is written, through by vision, speak to us. Just as you spoke to Samuel. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.